Hey guys, today on Minivan Man, we have a great show lined up. First, we're going to catch up. I'm going to tell you about going to Bahrain to do shows during a revolution. And then we're going to talk to Amir K, our guest for the day, and being single on the road. And lastly, we're going to get some advice from Amir K on how to buy a car and lowball the guy. Stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome to the Minivan Men. This is Maz Jobrani. I've got Al Madrigal out of New York. Chris what Spencer. Up, what up? What up? What up? Chris Spencer could not be with us today. I think he's got some uh, babysitting duties or something. I going know on. exactly what's happening over there. She went back to work, and now he's forced to deal with the kids, which is, which happens. You know, like I was doing that. Um, it's uh, it doesn't make sense. When your wife, it's it's just sort of the struggle that a lot of working parents have is that um, daycare or like somebody to bring somebody to help sort of offsets the other income. So why have your wife go out and work in the first place? Or why have your husband go out and work when the cost of a nanny, you know, is, is going to offset what you're earning anyway? So that's that's probably what they're dealing with. We can ask them all about it, but that's um, a yeah, real see. That's the real minivan men. That's why we're the minivan men right there. <laughs> Real yeah. min- I'm literally watching Dara climb into Maz's lap. You guys are now hearing Amir ah. K, who is our guest for the day. Amir K is, first of all, uh, he's a very funny comedian, uh, talented actor. Amir and I have been touring together for a little while. And uh, the minivan men, we thought, uh, you know, we, we've had uh, all these people that are married on the show or divorced or in serious relationships. We said, how about getting a single guy on here? So we brought Amir K. Player, the wildest guy out in LA right now. <laughs> Amir does we, every accent in the world. <laughs> Which one was that? That was his Persian. That was the club Persian guy. Amir, do the Amir, do the one where it's the Persian guy who's trying to sound uh, very American. Do that. Hi, guy. how are you guys? I've been living in this country for a very long time, and I have ordered some French fries. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Kills for a Persian audience. Yeah, kills in front of Persian audience. Oh, what about that show we did? It's uh, was it the House of Blues? I'll tell you what doesn't kill. (laughs) I'll tell you what doesn't kill. Going out and saying I'm not Persian. I'm not Persian. (laughs) Let's go to the bar. Let's go to the bar. Who wants a drink? Show over. How's that? Um, Show over. Okay, let's take a break now. But uh, no, we're sitting here. We're sitting here. I got my son Dara on my lap. He always claims climbs on my lap because we 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 record at my house. Dara, just say hi real quickly. Say hi, Al. Hi, Al. Oh, how cute is he? There he is. That's the Hi, boy. Hi, Dara. I remember the last time I was here, this was like, a, it was, Dara, it was your birthday. Remember, we have the same birthday, actually, June yeah. 26th. Yeah. And uh, this was uh, this was an outpatient uh, bounce house hospital. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. bounce house. The kids would go in there happy, be there for five <laughs> minutes, hurt their knee, come, in, come out crying, come to the hospital, which was here, the, right. the garage. Yeah, we had it all Get set up. Get a piece of cake and go out, outpatient, <laughs> like, happy. That's how we do it, man. Emergency cake, baby. Um, now, but, oh, yeah, hold on, hold we on, did Dara, that. Uh, Amir, you go, you travel all over the world with Maz, or do you have a specific region that you have? You been in, where have you been? LA. With Maz? <laughs> <laughs> South of LA. <laughs> no, Amir and I. He he he's been doing mostly uh, in the country stuff, which actually leads to uh, what I was going to get to next, which is just catching up on what everyone's been doing. I was I was out of the country recently doing shows in uh, Bahrain. Dubai and Doha, and wow. uh, those are those are tough shows to take. You know, uh, like to, you know, uh, Amir with me because uh, you know a lot of I time, can't fit in the carry. You can't fit in the carry. 
No, it was, you know, it was the craziest part of, of this last trip for me was, the, I guess anyone who's, who was watching the news, obviously there's been the Arab Spring in Bahrain had its own protests and, and uh, some revolutionary stuff going on. But we, I, last I heard it was like clamped down, it was done. So the promoters there that contacted me said, listen, man, we had a lot of, like, for the past year, there's been protests, this and that, but it's calmed down a lot, and a lot of, a lot of people want to get their minds off of the fighting. So we, it's great, let's do a show. And I was like, all right, you know what, let's do a show. <laughs> Bring your vest. <laughs> Bring your vest and Kevlar. Um, so no, so as I'm approaching the date, I start getting tweets from these, like, human rights-type people going... Maz, don't go there. If you go there, you're supporting the regime. There's human rights violations. There's a guy who's been on a hunger strike for over 60 days now. He's coming to your show and he's, he's ordering chicken fingers. He's going to break his fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was crazy. I started getting these tweets. So I got in touch with the promoters. I'm like, guys, this is some serious stuff. Amnesty International said, you know, cultural boycott of Bahrain. So, oh. Yeah, so I go, guys, you know, we should cancel the show. And then these guys started lobbying the other direction some of them going look dude we got we were actually caught up in the protest some of us had to actually spend time in prison and we a lot of people are done with it like we want to get our minds off of it and like we really want to do this so it was just back and forth back and forth my final decision was i'll come i'll get there i'll be on the ground and i'll decide and the whole time now, I'm not telling Preetha, I'm not telling my wife, because I don't want her to freak out. And the fact yeah, is... Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and the fact is, it's not front page news, you know, in America. So no one here knows what's going on in Bahrain. But in Bahrain, there's protests every day. A mm -hmm. couple days before I get there, um, they say a bomb goes off, injuring seven policemen. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. So I get in touch with the guys again. I'm like, guys, listen, let's just cancel this out of respect for this guy on hunger strike. With the bomb, there's, there's, you know, there's dangerous. And these guys, of course, are like, no, Maz, it was a, it was in another neighborhood. <laughs> if like, if you were in like South Central and there's gunfire, it's not gonna affect you. If you're in, whatever Beverly Hills or whatever, I'm like, well, guys, that's that's still not a good thing. Like, you know, let, this is out of respect for this guy. Anyway, long story short, they kept pushing, pushing, pushing. I go, okay, I'll, I'll stick to the plan. I'll come land. We'll see what happens. I land. The guy picks me up. We're going to our car. And he's like, ah, he's like, you feel, your eyes feel a little teary? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, that's the tear gas from another neighborhood. Oh, my God. I'm like, great. And we're doing a show tonight? He's like, yep. And uh, I'll be honest, what I did was uh, um, I said, you know what? You know what? Because there was a lot of these guys. Because right now the fighting there is going on between Shiites and Sunnis. They're making it seem like a Shiite-Sunni situation because the minority, which is the leadership, are Sunnis. And the majority are the Shiites, and they supposedly are saying, you know, we we are they they're not they're they're being discriminated against. They they don't have a lot of rights. They're not getting a lot of, you know, money and all this other stuff. And and the royal family is keeping a lot of the money. So that night at the show, we had Shiites and Sunnis, and the idea was every and and we even had Baha'is. We had different religions all together. And so we went on stage before the show, and we said, listen, you know, we're here to forget our differences and laugh together. And you know, jokingly, I was like, today. You know, Shiites and Sunnis, we're going to come together and we're going to laugh together and we're going to make fun of the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, they laughed. And, uh, but, but, you know, in the end, uh, we got through it, but it was an adventure, man. It's like, I, I always say, like, I'm one of the, you know, people, when you travel to these parts of the world, you're one of the people that your show can be affected by world events, you know? Wow. 
revolutions can happen, like the terrorist attacks happen. You know, it's like it's crazy. Well, the regions you go to, especially, you know what I mean, and like the yeah, I'm doing Egypt in a few weeks. That's what I'm saying. The, you have such huge followings in those areas, and that's the crazy part too. Is I do, I have a following, so it's like I get there and you're the superstar, but you're, they're <laughs> like, like they're like just put on this yeah, helmet. Just wear this. Yeah. Rock, 12 o'clock, watch it. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what I was doing uh, this wow. past week. Yeah, it's amazing. I had it, I did, and so good reason for me to do the podcast by myself. I yeah. did, uh, Amir, last uh, was the, last week was the first um, minivan cool. man. <laughs> yeah, I actually listened to like the first 15 minutes of oh, you yeah, talking so you to yourself like a crazy yeah, It was cool. <laughs> no, it was really good. It was, I mean, I, can, I can't imagine how hard it is. Just, it was just basically like a rant for 30 minutes. Yeah, like exactly. just talking, but that's cool. You just think out loud. I do it all the time I guess at home. So. <laughs> we, it, I'd never done that before. It, I definitely need the guys. Um, it was it was difficult. I it, I had a mild concussion. I still sort of have it. What happened? I got need in the head playing football. What? You don't even listen to the podcast? I've been in a revolution. I've been in a revolution. Who's, who's listening to guest? I don't got time for podcasts. <laughs> wait, what happened? You were playing football? What happened? Yeah, yeah. Man, I explained it to so this is old news to people. Oh, hey, just go I, ahead yeah, and play the podcast. <laughs> we can talk about it. <laughs> we don't go through the whole thing again. But yeah, I, I got need in the head. I shouldn't be playing sports. That's um, And I'm trying to now. I'm going to the gym, but it's still lingering. I'm going to go see somebody tomorrow or the next day. I actually have this gig tonight that I got to go to and I've got a gig um, tomorrow. So Is that a plane uh, flying over? That's He What's, lives by a subway. Oh, it's oh. a subway. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's our proof that he's <laughs> yeah, in New York. Well, listen, yeah. Al, if you start on stage, if you start doing the punchline and then the setup... Oh, I know. It's going to be a mess. This is my first <laughs> set that I'm doing tonight with the concussion. The oh. concussion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, remember nothing, just draw a complete blank. Right. That's going to be horrible. Um, So, uh, you know, no Chris Spencer, and he's on full-on daddy duty, and it's tough for him to make it because we try to meet, you know, around 6 p.m., 7 o'clock, and with L.A. traffic, it makes it impossible for him to get here. Uh, But I'm I'm glad we have this single perspective of Amir on because I think we have a lot of listeners that are always writing in and saying, I don't have kids, but. Well, like I don't know for sure. I mean, there's probably some little guy. No, no, oh, no. You, no. Oh, we're, we're so, getting, we have an email. Doing the road a little bit. You never know. You know, there's a couple, we, oh, there's you a couple don't after might, show uh, minivan. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hope not. Um, and uh, we do have people that don't have children listening to the podcast. And they enjoy the podcast. And it's, you know, it's preparing them for what may happen in the future. But what I, I was just curious. What questions do you have now? How old are you? Oh, hold on, hold on. Let, let, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break and come back and get into. And then we'll get into Amir's questions about what will inevitably happen. How old are you? Just real quick. We'll just tease I'm this. I'm thirty. 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 That's years how old, old I was when I got married. Hair, and yeah. you look a lot younger than thirty. That's what everybody says. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll start. We'll talk to Amir when we get back. Yo, this is Chris Spencer. I know you guys are listening to us. You're laughing and you're telling everybody about us, but we need you to rate it. So when you go on iTunes, rate us. Go down to where it says comments and say, hey, I think you're groovy. All 
right, we're back. Uh, this is Maz Jobrani with Al Madrigal and our guest Amir K. First of all, Amir, up? comedian, and your what, what's your what's your Twitter? It's at Amir K, right? At Amir Comedy, A M I R Comedy. At Amir Comedy, check him out. Very funny guy. And we're getting. Now, what is your last name, and why did you decide to go with the initial? First Ooh, of all, the story is actually funny. It's uh, my my last name is Kamiab, and it's I don't think it's that difficult to say. But when I first started stand up, I started at the Haha Comedy Club. And Jack, uh, who's the owner of the Haha, he put my name on the marquee because I had a Sunday show, and they couldn't fit the whole name, <laughs> so it was Amir K. And then, and then also like in open mics and stuff like that, when I when I tell people Amir Kamyab, and they'd bring me up and they didn't know who I was, it, it, they would they would like mess my last name up. So I was like, whatever. And then and then from the marquee, people started to just call me that. The other comics. Well let's, well, let's try to think of somebody who's successful that has is just using their last. There's just an initial. Because I'm trying to think of anybody. Well, you can go with like, you know, I mean, there's there's one name people like Sting and Cher and all these guys. Sure. That's and, and, fine. and also, look, Al, look, for example, Al is an easy name. Amir is, Amir is starting to, people are starting to know, but like Kamyab, they're not going to get. Right. I had one time somebody was introducing me as Ma, someone goes, Maz Jobrani. And some, this, this comedian comes up and goes afterwards, they go, you know what? I got to be honest. When I heard your name, I thought they in- introduced Monster Bunny. <laughs> I thought some guy gonna shove in a big yeah. bunny off the, But I just, I just, I just would. I don't know. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not like against it. It just already. stuck. I'm not trying it, to, it just so. the, the the K just stuck, and I said, you know, why, why not? And then a lot of people started to just know me as that. So and it's I'm too not late. Against you think it. you're already down that road? I to feel the like I mean, in my my website and stuff like that. Just everything has been a mere K it, ever since. I think it works, and, and it's I think catchy. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think it works, and it's funny. I see Tripoli. I think is one of the guys who talked about like a lot of black comedians got like the nickname. Yeah, yeah. the Earthquake. ghost, little ghost, Cedric the Entertainer, big guy yeah, yeah. Tommy. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, there's actually uh, what's his name? Um, G thing. G thing. Yeah. That, that's a, that's the first initial. Or little G. <laughs> G yeah. thing. Or is it G Spanky. thing? Is it G thing or G thing? Yeah. Thang. I think it's uh, a G thong. So anyway, I try, but um, and then when you act, you use the. I actually use Amir K. I don't know. I just I I've everything has been Amir K. So okay. far. And when you're right. on a terrorist mission. When I go when to the when bathroom. You're, when, you're a, when, when you're on a terrorist mission, what name do yeah, you Yeah, they call me Al <laughs> So you're 30 years old. 30. And uh, I guess. No that, signs of settling down. No, I mean, I, I was in a long term. You guys know how it is when you're starting out comedy. I mean, it's, it's really tough to keep a relationship. You know, you're g- going out of town a lot. And then, I mean, then the demands of like being out on, uh, on stage every night takes its toll on a relationship. You can't have. Uh, you know, anything that's, and it's like, I can't even dedicate any time to. You did a string. How many nights in a row were you up? Uh, I, I, it was like, I think it was like 290 something before I missed a night. And uh, it was just because I was flying out somewhere and I and I couldn't get up. But I mean, whatever. I mean, it's like, you know how it is. It's every, every night we try to get up when you're starting out, especially until you know there's some circumstance that you can And can't. in this process of, of being out and doing shows and all this have you met a girl where you were like god this this could be a girl that's really like Yeah but quickly it goes out of my cuz I am married to like comedy right now that's just yeah. that's pretty much my my partner yeah. it's that's right. I know it sounds cheesy but that's how it is because Very that's cheesy. all what we're cheesy Al. <laughs> <laughs> all my time is dedicated to this craft that's yeah. and I think that's what it takes to make it anyways you know I don't have time to give to a person and and my ex who I was with for like four and a half years uh, our, my life just drastically changed when I started doing stand-up. I, well, I, we, you know what's, what's good about me and my wife, and I, I'm sure, Preetha, you met when you had already been doing stand-up, right? 
It was early on, and uh, but I wasn't. I wasn't like Amir's on the road a lot. I wasn't on the road till later in my career. I was a lot. A lot of it was just local comedy. Yeah, well, uh, that's the thing. Same thing with me too. Is that sort of Kristen, my wife, got to sort of grow up. You know, our comedy. I met her when I was eight months, a year in, and so she. It all sort of came, and she realized that's how I was making a living. But you were and a comic already when you went. I mean, you were already dedicated to you, your thing. Yeah, exactly. So you had this girlfriend that was said. So you started doing comedy after you guys were together. Is right. that how that works? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was so used to us being together all the, you all know, the time. I would work. Yeah, she yeah, would work in the daytime, and then as soon as we, you know, six o'clock came around, we were together. You know, all but night. now when you meet a girl that knows you're a comic and knows what the deal is, oh, I tell them immediately. Not, I have no not, money and I have no time. <laughs> Yeah. You want to hang out or not? But I got jokes. <laughs> yeah, I'm funny. Do you want to hang out? Nah. I've seen him on the road. Amir's, well, the good thing about Amir, he's, uh, he's very outgoing. And uh, I've never, like, you know, growing up, I had, you, know, you have some friends that are very good at talking, not just to women, but to anybody. But he'll walk up right up to women, like, you know, you Guys, girls, people. Guys, <laughs> no, we'll be, we'll be eating. He's like, I'll be right back. And he walks over and like, He'll talk to like women that you might be intimidated by. He's very confident, and next thing you know, we were in North Carolina. He he said hi to oh, a girl. Yeah. She she we, she left. We were sitting in a restaurant. He went over, talked to her for a minute. We, we he comes back, sits down. Five minutes later, the manager comes over, goes hi. Uh, I was uh, asked to buy a drink for uh, Amir and a bald guy. <laughs> <laughs> And I go, well, that would be us. Yeah, I'm the ball guy. And I go, uh, Amir, I think that girl just bought you a drink. And she bought him a drink and, and said, you know, you know, let's meet me, meet me later. And the next thing you know. Turns out she's a prostitute. <laughs> no, no. no, she was uh, she was a nice girl. Very nice girl. Yeah, such yeah. a sweet girl. But it's like it, people, some guys don't understand like what you miss out on by just not going to talk to somebody. You know what I mean? Right. Like sure. I could have just no, looked No, I was at always her. very shy and sort of a wallflower. Like, people needed to know. I always needed to be hooked up through friends. And that's how I met my I think wife. a lot of a lot of guys um, are like they're just I mean you're just shy or you're just you know not not necessarily scared but just not you to go up to somebody and just start yeah I didn't a want to put anybody out you know right. I didn't, no like, I mean I've been uh, rich. I'm I mean, always like Peter Falk like uh, Columbo solving a crime right. it's like hi I didn't <laughs> want to bother you and your friends um, I couldn't help but notice you over there and uh, yeah I could put the pepper spray away okay listen horrible <laughs> one posture one more question you know, ma'am apologies. one more question yeah yeah ma'am, uh, ma'am um, <laughs> Do you have a boyfriend? Because uh, do you care for dancing or Italian food? Wait, don't walk away. (laughs) What are you doing? Where are you going? Okay, Okay. I understand. I got it. I wouldn't date me either. Yeah, that's hilarious. Oh no, you get your fair share of rejections. Being like me, I I always have a joke. Like me and my credit card take turns getting declined at the bar. You know, (laughs) I go like, hey, how you doing? Okay, no, no, cool. (laughs) Try this. Oh yeah, I can't shake them off. I just take it so personally. Yeah, I could never do that. Anyway, so I marriage just suited me. Because I'd much rather be at home watching, you know, Sunday night HBO with my wife and having a glass of wine than out, you know, talking over music somewhere. I just was never good at that. I always needed an opportunity to talk to somebody. Um, but then what do you what, what You're do you a lot like about? my brother's like that. My brother's like total relationship guy. And, you know, he's got to have that where like, you know, weekends he spends with them and like, the, you know, they do that whole thing. And I just I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I'm not 
totally against it, but like I said... Do you think you'll ever want to get married and have kids? I think eventually, yeah. I think once I'm comfortable with my career and I'm in a position financially and, you know, uh, career-wise that I'm happy with what I'm doing. See, but don't you want to meet somebody who doesn't care about what position you are in financially? No, I totally... Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think ideally I'd like that to happen, but just realistically, I don't think it can... With me uh, uh, investing all my efforts, you know, um, everything yeah. I, I have into comedy right now. Like, you don't understand. Like, I'm at the clubs from, you know, 8 o'clock till 2 in the morning every night. Because, you know, it's it's not just doing the set. It's doing the networking, hanging I've out, I've never ever said this to anyone before, but I was so confident things were going to work out for me comedy-wise that I really wanted to meet somebody early on that didn't like me for, for, for your success, success that I had attained later. I've yeah, but you know, that. I think I think there's a different thing though with Amir. I think there's because I I know what you're saying, Al, with that. But I also think that part of it is getting to a point in your life where you go, okay, whether it's a show or whatever, or some level of success where you go, okay, now I don't need to be out every night. Like right now, for me, for example, my my stand-up career has become so so busy with the touring that when I'm back home. Thank God, I feel yeah. I feel like okay, you know, I don't have to go up on stage every night, and I, and it's and to to take that into another, you know, profession. Let's say for example, you're a lawyer, and those first five six years, you're like, I got to grind it out and make partner. And I guess at a certain point, you go, okay, I've made partner, I feel financially secure, and now I can kind of spend. And just a little time more. wise, you have a little bit more to give, you know, or whatever yeah. it is. But like you know, even when we come back from the road, like we'll get get home on. Monday, like Monday at six, and I'm at the comedy store at seven thirty. You know, doing a show like right away because I feel like that's where I need to be right now. Yeah, to just get better and to you know to hone. Yeah, hone no, no. I used to walk when I first started. I lived in between Cobb's Comedy Club and the Punchline. I would walk to each one. Both I was out six nights a week. I would walk to each club. I'd be at both clubs, not even doing a set, sitting watching. Like uh, I think that's important. Right. Um. So I totally get being out there and putting your hours in it's so whole Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours like you need the time right, right, right. to to log in how far along are you now uh, I just hit three years in February oh so, man so you got a long way to go that's what I'm saying and, so I'm not yeah. trying to I'm not I'm trying to skip any steps you know there's a lot of guys that come in and think they can you know uh, circumvent like necessary steps that it takes to be a great comedian and I don't think that 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 there is any shortcuts yeah. So so I'm trying to put in the most time I can right now while I have the time. And, and you that, and uh, you see that with you. I mean I think I think that's that's the case with anybody in anything. Like a lot of times what you were just saying, you know, people come up to me and be like, "Hey, I want to be, uh, you know, I want to be a comedian." And I go, "Great, just get on stage and write a lot." And that yeah. again, like you were saying the Malcolm Gladwell thing, 10,000 hour rule, do it. And a lot of times people will say, no, 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 but I just, I, I just want to do it. Everybody you know? thinks they're like way better, way farther along than they are. It's yeah. like, come on, man. And sometimes um, they're not saying Jamie, I want to be... Go ahead, what? Oh, Jamie Masada would always say, after I get off stage, when I'm on stage, he says he never has more people come up to him and say, I want to do stand-up comedy. <laughs> because... Uh, when you're on... Um, yeah, he, he said, easy? how do I do that? Because it looks like I'm up there just talking. I just have, com- you know, I'm just talking. I, and it takes I, years it, to the, get that, though. It takes years and years to get that. It's not a hard jokes and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I think a lot of people say, oh, I, I can do that. I can do stand-up, but it's 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 much more difficult than that. Are we at, uh, you want to take a break now? Yeah, let's take a break. We'll come back, talk to Amir some Okay, more. and uh, I think I got I to gotta go do this set, so I'm going to run. But um, will you tell, Amir, will you tell everybody how to buy a car? 
or what yeah. price? Yeah, we'll get yeah, into when that. you guys come back. Hey. We'll get no, no, no. we'll get into that. We'll get into some no, other stuff. No, it's because I think a lot of people. Um, do you said do you have the Mercedes? You know, do you have the car with you? Or? Leasing and buying, and uh, people don't know what great deals. I bought this car off eBay, and but with Amir's sort of guidance and doing like the checking, making sure I was getting the right price, I bought this fantastic. It was beautiful. Car the car's beautiful. Having. Okay, yeah. we'll be right All back. Right. Find out how to buy cars. See you later. All right, I'll see you guys. See you, Al. Have a good one. Bye. Hey, guys. It's Amir K. You're listening to Minivan Men. Keep on tuning in for the best podcast in town. And I'm telling you, the best. Would I lie? Welcome back to the Minivan Men. This is Maz Jobrani. Al Madrigal had to go and do a show, so he won't be with us for the third segment. Chris Spencer, uh, he had to take care of the kids. The Minivan Men are dropping. I was looking uh, forward to seeing Chris, too. Yeah, they're all dropping by the side. But I've got uh, Amir K. The single. consolation. The <laughs> consolation. First of all, one thing i got to say was great about this uh, show is we've uh, had a, a handful of guests on, and I'd say like maybe like, what, like seven, eight guests, yeah? And out of those seven, eight guests, two of them have now been Persian. Oh, yeah. There was one Indian. Uh, there was one black guy. And uh, two white guys, right? Two, three white guys. You get an Asian guy, come on. But what I'm saying is uh, we have diversity here. This is like, you know, this is what happens when you put people of uh, this tone of brownness in, uh, in 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 power positions, we can we can bring. Wait, this is a power <laughs> Run, position. Running the world for Mazda's garage. I'm telling you, man, we need to have more of us uh, in uh, in the studios and stuff, and and you'll start seeing uh, some shows right. with brown people. In the meantime, just it's tune so, into Minivan Men because like we're two Middle Eastern guys sitting in a garage. <laughs> with, There's with a, a lot with of a, that going on with, with a Guatemalan guy. <laughs> with a Guatemalan, that's happening in every mechanic shop, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Down here on La Brea, it's two it's two Iranians and a Guatemalan guy right now. Fixing a car somewhere. Yeah. So with a podcast. It, yeah, with a podcast. <laughs> hey, what do you think, Ernesto? It's pretty good. I don't know, man. Change the tires and shut up. That's hilarious, man. But uh anyway, so we're back with Amir and uh and um Al was at, wanted Amir to, to elaborate a little bit. Amir used to do uh real estate, right? Yeah, I used to actually have an appraisal, real estate appraisal company for like three years before I started stand up in uh in Orange County. And during that time, one of my one of my best friends, he uh, he used to buy and sell cars, so like high end cars. So like I during the time when I had money, we'd go to the auction every now and then, and like I'd buy a car, like you know the Mercedes or Beamer or something, or like a, the last car I had was like this XJR Jaguar, and I'd buy it, drive it for like six months to a year, flip it, and make a little money maybe, and then and then just drive another nice car. So it was like kind of a cool thing. And then Al, the last time we did that show together. Uh, what was it? House of Blues. We went down to San Diego. Yeah. He was looking for a car at the time, so we were talking in the green room, and then I still had the password to the to the uh, what was it? The auction website. Oh, so we'd great. go on the auction, but it's called the High Line, which is all the higher end, like you know, they have Ferraris, Porsches, whatever, Bentleys, any type of car, and of course, tons of Mercedes. And he was looking for the specific diesel Mercedes, which is such a rare find at the auction, and and people buy them up because they you know they do the biodiesel thing. And um, is it a thing where you can buy it online, or you have to go to the well, auction? Well, you know, there, there's guys that bid online, you know, but they're like 
it's, it's, I could I could spend two hours telling you about the whole the whole intricacies of the auction, but you want to go there because you never know, man. I mean, because they they put lipstick on a pig, they call it. They'll just they'll like Mickey Mouse a car right. to look good through the line, and then you take it home, and it's like, oh no. And so, uh, you and got so a lemon. Al was saying he bought his through eBay. So how did that work? See, that's that's so risky, and I don't really I I I was actually. Uh, I was I was telling him not to do that because you never know, you know, you're looking online, there's no way to really check it. But then some of these guys have these guarantees, I guess, now where they say, it's, you know, uh, you have this many days to return the car if you're not happy with it or something like that. And I think, but he ended up getting a beautiful car. And and what he was looking for was so, such a rare thing that I, I don't even think we would have been able to find it if we, you know. And your uh, advice, he was saying you advise them between leasing and buying. What's the, what's your thought? I don't know. I mean, everybody's got a different opinion because some guys like to drive a new car every three years. So the right. lease thing works for them. I like to buy my car, flip it and make some money. Just like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause I have access to the auction. Right. So, I mean, if you know what you're doing, you can actually come out on top, make a little money and, and still drive a, a relatively nice now, car. Now, what are me. some pointers you could give people that are out there trying to buy you? I remember you told me a thing that you did, which, <laughs> which I, you know, it, some people might think it's shady. a little shady, but it actually shady works mini- well. <laughs> yeah. um, here's some advice on if you're buying a car from, let's say, uh, a private buyer, right? Right. So now, now like Craigslist is actually, you can, you can really rip some cars out of Craigslist now because... You know, you'll, you'll find some old lady that's just trying to get a, rid of a car that, you know, that she doesn't have any use for maybe. And like mine was like this family guy who had this really nice Mazda that was like in great condition. But he just, he needed a minivan actually. It was just hilarious because he had a family. He's like, I'm, I want to get it like a minivan or like an SUV. He just wants to get rid of it. For the kids, yeah. And it was like, a, you know, a sportier car that like he couldn't have anymore. So he's like, dude, I just need to get out of it. And if I trade it and I, you know, I go in knowing what the trade price is. Right. So I know it's easy for him to dump it at the, at the dealer, but he's going to miss out on like three, 4,000 bucks at least. Yeah. The dealers screw you. I like, mean, especially like, on a, like a lower end car like that. Like they're, yeah, they screw you big time. I mean, you're, you are better off trying to, I always suggest like, just try to for two weeks or a week or two, sell this, it to the public. This happened to me. My wife had a sob. Right. And it was getting to the point where it was having some problems and stuff. So uh, and we were going to get a Toyota, uh, a Prius. Mm-hmm. So I went to the dealer. I said, hey, you know, I don't want the headache of trying to sell this. You know, how and much? a lot of people don't have the time or they don't want to waste energy. Yeah. I, and I said, I don't want, and, and, I, and I looked it up on the blue book and this blue book sob, even with the problems, it was like it's $7,000 or so. And dealer's like three grand. Dealers said, I'll give you two grand. I was like, they was rip. Like, I mean, because they know. And it's funny because all those little problems you had, they'll fix at no cost to them. Yeah. And then they'll turn around, flip that car and sell it for 8000 Yeah. Because with the problems itself, you know what I mean? So they're in the business of making money. So, so I did that. with my thing, what I did, I put it for sale for whatever, 8000 waited mm-hmm. a week, got no rec- responses, went down to like 7500 then yeah. 7000 Even if I you think, sell for six, it's, you still exactly. came up, you know, four yeah. grand on top of what they So what you did when you were trying to buy this car, what you... you I mean, now I'm a comic, so it's like, you know, uh, I'm cash is like, you know... You know, I'm not, I'm not making the big bucks yet. Right. It's rare. It's like my stakes. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's you know, not making the big bucks yet, so... Uh, I, you know, I really downgraded the vehicle, obviously. And, and now I just went and looked online and actually this deal that I got on this car was better than I could have found at the auction. Cause I found, I was looking every day on Craigslist, which is what you got to do if you're really looking for a good deal. And I just found this guy, he posted it within like 30 seconds. He was getting tons of calls. So I was like one of the first guys to set an appointment to see it. So I, I, this is so shady and I'm kind of embarrassed <laughs> that I did it, but I was like kind of desperate. I kind of, this was exactly the car I was looking for. And uh, I, so I called, I, I made an appointment to go see it. Then I called as a couple of other people <laughs> with different accents and, stuff <laughs> and just lowballed the hell out of them. You know, I'm like, I'll give you 2000 <laughs> Just so he, he got this idea that like, 
oh my gosh, Craigslist. Because he even told me, he's like, man, Craigslist, I don't know. I was giving a shot. And I'm like, yeah, you get some really shady people. <laughs> and then, you and then, and then the I was the shady guy. And Hilarious. then I would email him with like broken English. Like, you know, I give you 1500 like at the car for like six grand or something. And then like just giving him really crazy offers. So then when I went there, I looked like a breath of fresh air to the guy. Hilarious. So I go, I gave 45 and he goes, oh, thank you. For, <laughs> thanks for being here. You know, so, like even my low ball offer looked like I was, you know, giving him the big bucks or whatever. So, so you bid against yourself. I bid against myself. I had a, yeah, a couple friends email him. And I mean, it just it was pretty shady. But I mean, at the time, I'm like. Hey I don't have money. I wanted a reliable car, and this was like a perfect little thing. Survival of the fittest. You know, it's all about, it's funny, because Middle Easterners, I think, and I, I don't know, Jorge, I don't know if uh, Latinos are the same. Are you guys always negotiating and good at negotiating and stuff? I think Some. I think it's just We're, ethnic, like, we, especially like more third world. Like, you know, I mean, it's just yeah. in us. It's like but in our... I think Middle Easterners more than anyone always bar, always negotiate. We're really like if there were an Olympic for negotiations, we'd win. We'd win. <laughs> Give and me the silver. No, I don't want silver. Give me the all the time. I got this guy. This check this out. This is this is the thing. Like there's this guy who um I mean I you know, I do comedy shows and I and every comedy show I do gets a certain number of comp tickets. Mm -hmm. So I got this guy who like introduced himself as like a doctor, a PhD doctor, and came into the show and like, you know, all Thai, like formal, nice guy. And I met him once. And then... Uh, He's uh, your best friend. No, so then recently, He's like, I, I was doing some show. He's on my email list, and he gets in touch with me, and he's like, hey, hello, dear Maz. Da -da -da -da. And he, like, starts telling me about, you know, I've got this friend of mine who's a billionaire and blah, blah, blah. I would really like to bring him to your show. But compass the tickets. Yeah. Like, so he's like, compass the tickets. And I was like, if this guy's this doctor... And his friend's a billionaire. It's about, I think for us, it's more the principle of, I got a deal. I got a deal. It's like, dude, you can do whatever you want, but as long as you feel like I got a deal, okay. You know, okay. it's like, okay. Yeah. But they just want to feel like that, you know? Yeah. I feel like, like when you put your tickets online or on sale, you should start like at a thousand bucks. I know, make it higher. And then just sell them at a discounted rate so everybody feels like make they're them getting feel a like they're right. That's not a bad idea. Do you know what I mean? Get a I, deal. I think, yeah, just you get a deal. If you call now, you get it. But for me, how much is the price? Please? Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's funny. So we have that. So what you did with the... With the bargaining, it's totally legal what you did. I mean, it's not like it's illegal. Yeah, and I, but I mean, you know, I didn't even feel bad about it because the guy, at the end of the day, the guy's like, listen, man, I, he's like, you know, I just wanted to get rid of the car. I was giving him more than what the dealer was given by far. Absolutely. You know, so it was a win-win. Yeah. It was just a little bit. I just, I kind of just like kind of skewed his perception of Craigslist a little bit. Yeah, to, to get to get you got to gotta do sometimes. <laughs> yeah, man, the Craigslist. So if you guys have any other questions on uh, on pointers, on how to save money, if you want to buy you stuff. you want to buy a car, call me. I'm, just, I'm, just <laughs> no, I'm your K. He's got advice, man. And um, uh, once again, he's uh, at Amir Comedy, right, on Twitter? Right. And then I got a new website coming out. It's the same thing. Uh, it's www.amircomedy.com. AmirComedy.com. So uh, that's it, guys. For this week, uh, we had uh, perspective of a single guy. We had perspective of uh, smarmy uh, bargaining, negotiating techniques, um, and uh, that's what you get when you get <laughs> two, much covered it. two Iranians so and a Guatemalan covered, in a covered garage. All the, covered all the political things. <laughs> all the political things. No, I uh, uh, hope to see you guys again. Or I hope you, I hope you guys check in again next week. Hope we get uh, uh, all the guys, minivan men, back together. If you have any questions, comments. Go ahead and uh, email us, uh, minivanmen at gmail.com. That's been the show. Goodbye. All right, folks, thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch or find out more, you can go to minivanmen.com or contact us through our websites. There's thechrisspencer.com 
mazjobrani.com and almadrigal.com. We hope to hear from you. Thanks. Many bad men.